0: Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. Prophet is down here and I want to welcome you to another installment of Moore's Art, where you know God dwells, Jesus reigns, the Holy Spirit guides, and we live in the agape. I just wanted to take a few moments to talk to you about the message that I believe God has laid upon my heart with regards to his open heaven and his divine prosperity that he desires for us to experience in this season. God has opened up heaven. He has opened heaven so that we can receive a poured out blessing (laughs) that we shall not have room enough, have room enough to receive it. But God is calling us to a place of obedience, He desires that we begin to walk in what he has called for us. And see, a lot of us don't want to hear a message like this. We don't want to hear that we need to tighten up some things in our lives because we get so complacent with living in our flesh and allowing our flesh to lead us and to guide us and direct us. But the Holy Spirit has come today to arrest us and to alert us that this is the time. This is the time that we must seek his face and we must seek God for divine revelation and we we must walk in obedience, walk in obedience to his word and to his will. I'm telling you, if you don't get nothing else out of this message, seek God for clarification of holiness, we must walk holy and righteous. God is calling for us. It's, it's not in the sense of we've got to be perfect. But God is calling for us to repent and to turn and to walk according to his will, his purpose, and his plan for our lives. And I don't know what's going on with my mouth today, but it seemed like maybe I need one of these uh cough drops because for some reason my words ain't coming out right but anyway what do I mean what do I mean when I talk about an open heaven and divine prosperity what does that mean see I am one who I believe God has called and I've said this before called me to leaders he's called me to leaders and and to be clear we are all leaders in some capacity or another. But God has called me and he's called me to speak to and against some of the standards that we have adopted into our modern day churches. God is not pleased. He's not pleased with a lot of these shenanigans that we've got going on in the church. So when I talk about an open heaven, And I talk about divine prosperity, don't get too excited because I'm not jumping on the bandwagon of this prosperity preaching. That's not what he sent me here for. While God is the source of our supply and God will deliver to us everything that he has promised, I don't subscribe to many of the beliefs that have been passed around the body of Christ today, and most of them associated with the name it and claim it, the genie in a bottle, God, that we think we serve, that God has some type of obligation to prosper us materialistically because we stood in a prayer line or a profit line or we sold a certain amount. God is saying this foolishness has got to stop. We went from, and when I say we i'm I'm just talking about what i know and 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 what I grew in and in the african American community, we went from uh uh what do you call it the um superstition we went from superstition, you know being our lead and our guide, all of these. Uh, zodiac signs and all of this stuff we needed that and, and don't step on the crack or, or cross a black cat and all of that mess. Man, we, we went from that to depending on a lottery. Come on, God, send us these numbers and and we'll hit to, you know, to moving from that to standing in these prayer lines and and calling these uh prophets and sewing up and, and all of that mess. And God said, cut it out. Cut it out. God ain't in none of that. He ain't never been, and he never will be. And 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 listen, I'm saying this clearly as a voice, as an authority, and as a vessel of God. God ain't in it, and he ain't never been in it. God has um given us stewardship over the blessings that he has given us, and God requires that we do what we uh, have to do, uh, do our part per se, right? We all have a part to do, but God has never promised that if you give us so $100, he was going to uh, uh, reward you sevenfold. That's a lie. It's a lie, but you all would rather believe that than what I'm sharing with you today. So what am I talking about when I talk about an open heaven and divine prosperities? I'm talking about an outpouring, an outpouring of God's blessings over his people. I'm talking about a manifestation of God's glory and his power. I'm talking about opening up the windows of heaven and pouring out into the earth miracles, healings, wealth, Blessings, prosperity, signs, things that we can tangibly touch, things that we can feel, things that we can experience. Having visitations from his angels, knowing and feeling and dwelling within his presence, receiving influx of wealth and financial prosperity. I'm telling you, God is doing that in this season he's doing it in his season he has opened heaven and we have but to just walk in obedience to his will not so into uh, prophet is dawn not name it and claim it or 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 you know all of these scenarios that we do to try to invoke The power of God. He's not in any of that. He's not in any of that. Isaiah 64 and 1, it tells us that the Lord said, or that the word of God says, Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains would tremble before you. That the mountains will tremble before you. Imagine God being the God that he is opening up the heavens on our behalf that the very mountains will tremble before him. Ezekiel saw the vision. Nathaniel in John 1 and 54, he knew the promise of God. He understood that heaven was open to us. And see, this is something in our modern day churches that we don't grasp and we don't hold on to. We'd much rather create in, in, in God some sort of uh wizard or warlock or, or you know some type of a mystical being, mythical being versus just understanding it's just that simple that God is opening up heaven for his people. And in that open heaven, His glory shall be received and revealed. The sin and the the sick and those who are tormented will be delivered. God will give us visions and signs and wonders. He will cast his light from heaven upon us in every situation that we face. God will be there for us. But he desires that we delight in his word. See, that's the part that we get away from. We don't want to get into his word. And I'm talking about we because we get so busy doing everything else. The word of God and prayer should be our primary focus as we get into the presence of the Lord. As we get into his presence, you got to get it for yourself. The reason that we're so, you know, defeated a lot of times is because We don't even know the word ourselves. The power that is in the word, we don't even have it. It's like having a gun with no bullets. (laughs) Having a gun with no bullets and depending on somebody else's gunpowder to ignite our gun. Because we so busy listening to other people's perspective On the word of God that we're not sitting before him and just getting quiet into his presence and just hearing from him. I remember a season in my walk. I'm telling you, I love God so much. I remember a season in my walk that I couldn't open up the word of God and not get revelation. I'm telling you, God would make the word. I don't care what book of the Bible I opened up. If I read a word, God gave me something relevant to my life. And I'm telling you, we miss out on so much. We miss out on so much because we just don't know what we don't know. I started I started my job with my company, uh, you know, about, over a year ago or whatever. And I started working with this team that I'm working with back in June. And... uh I'm I'm a project manager. I manage projects and programs. And so, as I work with the team, I try to introduce them to different uh, concepts and methodologies that will help them to kind of streamline their efforts, right? Because I've been doing this for a while and, and working with teams, you know. But... The challenge is, for me, a lot of times is that the team don't know what they don't know. And it's hard to convey to somebody the value of operating different than or bringing change into the way that they're doing things if they don't know the benefit of the other side. And the only way that they can know the benefit of the other side is if they experience it. See, that's the hardest thing for me. That's the hardest thing for me. That's why, that's why I, don't, I, don't, I don't fight. I don't try to usurp anybody else's right to do things the way that they want. I'll give you the facts. <laughs> I'll give you the facts. I'll give you the information that you need, and I will be the facilitator of the decision, but I won't make the decision for you. I'll let you make it on your own. And see, a lot of times they don't know because they haven't experienced the the uh, benefit of them doing things the right way. And I said it, the right way. Uh, my team, they started up this project, and I told them from day one, from day one, I told them people, I said, we need to start by doing ABC, and you all haven't done that yet, and in order for you to get the foundation for all of the artifacts as you progress through the life cycle of this project, this is going to have to be your starting point, point. and they didn't listen to me, and we went a month later, and we had to go back and do what I told them to do, but anyway, I'm back to what I'm saying in the word Delight yourself in the word of the Lord. Listen, I know what I'm talking about. Get into his word. Get into a place of of quiet so you can hear from him. It not only blesses God, but it blesses us. But his word said, delight yourself in the word of the Lord. Wealth and riches, shall be in my house, and my righteousness endureth forever. (laughs) He said wealth and riches. He didn't say uh, so into so-and-so ministry. Come on now. And some of y'all ain't going to know where I'm coming from because a, a lot of, especially if my family members are listening, some folk don't even go to church. But when I tell you it's a mess, it's a mess. It's a mess. But some of y'all who know, just stop it. Depend on God. Sow into your local ministry. That's what you ought to do because you're so busy trying to sow up and glow up and blow up that you miss the opportunity to really sow seed into the foundation of fertile ground, which is what God has called you to do. Now, I ain't advocating being like none of these uh, Taliban, but I made a joke the other day Probably was inappropriate. But I said we need to take a note from <laughs> from the Taliban because at least they got enough sense to work one cell at a time. They'll work a cell, build it up, uh, solidify it, make it firm in its foundation and, and, and operational. And then they go on to the next and go on to the next. We're so busy trying to build up, we don't know how to build out because we don't have any uh, self-worth or self-value in the body of Christ or even in the African-American community. Delight yourself in the word of the Lord. Remember that the Lord our God has given us and he will continue to give us power to get wealth. God sent me here to let you know that our riches and our wealth and our power and our prosperity, it honors him. It honors him. So God wants us to win. He wants us to win. He's crowned us with wealth. (laughs) He has crowned us with wealth. I heard it said by someone that the greatest wealth is your health. Being in good health. Now, I've gone all my life, all my life, I'm 46 years old. I'll be 47 years old in December. I've never been a sickly person. I've never really had health issues. But over the last year, my body is just responding to abuse. (laughs) <laughs> to me, just not doing what I ought to do. I'm, I'm, uh, BMI says that I'm a hundred pounds overweight. I don't believe that mess, but regardless, I don't do what I'm supposed to do in my body, and I am feeling it. I shared in my last uh, podcast that I feel like my life is coming full circle with some of the things that God is presenting to me. And I can't even function the way that I used to. My mind is cloudy. I'm out of breath. I'm tired most of the time because I ain't did what I was supposed to do. Wealth is health. Health is wealth. But we've got to do our part. We've got to do our part as we sit under an open heaven believing God to outpour his blessings on us. We have to be in a position and a posture to receive them. Now, this is what I mean about being in a position and posture to receive. Now, I'm not saying that God will not drop down on some of us. Some of us, some of us, millions, trillions, millions, billions, trillions, whatever. (laughs) I'm not saying that he won't do it. But I believe that God will position us to receive wealth, but we've got to prepare for it. So that means some of us who feel like God just going to drop it out of heaven, it's probably not going to happen that way. It might. But more than likely, you need to go back to school. Even more likely, you need to pick up a trade. Some of us need to, for real, for real, open a book and read. Seriously. (laughs) See, the first part is, if we were reading the Word anyway, some of the literacy issues that we have and being incapable of getting some of these jobs that require us to have a certain level of aptitude, we'd have it if we just read our Bible. We just read the Word. I don't care where your mind is at today. I'm telling you, because our brains are elastic. You can repair what has been damaged. You can can restore what has been broken. And you can even enhance where you are to get to the next level. I'm telling you the truth. Pick up a book. Learn a trade. Now, this is what I tell my children. Because... I believe in education. I believe in it because it was instilled in me uh as a child. I didn't do well. You know, I didn't go the direct path, but I but I I made it work and I made it happen. I currently have two undergraduate degrees and I'm considering whether I I want to move forward uh with another, but I always instilled in my children that college is 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 not going to college is not an option. You you gotta go to college and get a degree because the world that we live in now, it is a requirement in order for you to have a sustainable income. And it's I'm not saying this for debate, and if this ain't for you, I'm telling you take the meat, spit out the bones. But in order for you more than likely to gain a sustainable income where you can be self-sufficient. You ain't got to ask nobody for nothing. You ain't got to depend on nothing. You need to get at least that four-year degree. And then having that four-year degree is still not a guarantee, but it gets you closer in the door because it tells organizations that you are teachable and trainable. Don't mean you got to know nothing, because for real, for real, some folk with their four-year degrees don't know. They know a lot less than folk that, you know, didn't get past elementary school. I'm telling you the truth. Y'all saw the show, Smarter Than a Fifth Grader. But at the same time, God wants us to prepare ourselves Prepare ourselves. We're looking for him to prepare a table before our enemies. For I mean, prepare a table for us before our enemies. <laughs> and we, and God said, well, wait, uh, uh, hold on. I'm trying to prepare you so that you can sit at the table, at the head of the table, in front of your enemies, so that they can see that I have anointed your head with oil and that your cup runneth over. Come on now. But you're not going to get that wealth if you stay in that that lazy mentality that we've adopted from the church. I blame the church. I blame the church. What we see in the world is because it is a reflection, a direct mirror reflection of what's going on in the church. I don't know how, when, or where we allowed these demons to creep in and make us think. That we can have no ambition, do nothing but but just say a word, and hocus pocus stuff going to happen. I'm telling you, come up out of that. Come up out of that. I want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you today. Stop looking on other people's success, especially if you hating on it. Just, just turn a blind eye, because God ain't pleased with that mess either. But do what they did. (laughs) Do what they did to get what they got. And I know that there are some circumstances, you know, that that people have, uh, cannot function or operate in a traditional way. You know, the way that our society is set up. I'm not foolish to that. I know that. And I understand that God will give you vision. He will give you uh, provision for the vision that he's giving you, but you got to do the work. None of this is just going to come to us by osmosis. I'm telling you, it's work we got to do. If God is giving you a vision of something that, that can bring you financial prosperity, learn it. Learn it and think about it because some of the things that we think, oh, I'm gonna be a billionaire, I'm gonna be a millionaire. No, you're not. What you're doing is you're creating a modern day uh 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 what they call them lemonade stand. Stop it. Stop because this stuff ain't gonna put no money in your pocket. You're gonna continue to live in a and beyond, I mean, I'm not beyond, but beneath. The potential that God is giving you because one, you ain't walking in obedience, you ain't getting into his presence, you ain't getting into his word, and and look, how can you hear the plan and the strategy if you don't sit in his presence and listen? God desires that we receive wealth from him. He wants us to receive good health. He wants us to receive uh, deliverance. He wants to prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies. He wants to do those things, but we we have constrained God because he's not going to go against his own principles. We want God to switch up when it's to our benefit. God is saying no. He's saying, listen, this is the appointed time that I have positioned this family for prosperity and for blessings, for revival, to feel my presence, to know that I am God. You have only but to receive. Stop coming to God, just opening up your hands asking <laughs> asking for stuff posture and position your position yourself to receive he so wants to bless us i'm telling you i just feel it he wants to bless us because he wants us you know um Sometimes they say when you go into a, a nice restaurant or, or going to a nice place, they say, act like you've been here before. He, he wants to bless us so that we can be ready <laughs> for heaven. And we, we when we get up there, and I'm t- telling you how glorious it's gonna be, he wants us to have some practice down here in the earth. And for no other reason, listen, hear me, and know what I'm saying is true. For no other reason but for his glory and his name's sake. Not to boost and promote nobody's ministry. Not to boost and promote nobody's ego. God ain't on that. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. but he's desirous of us getting into his presence. He wants us to get into his presence. He wants us to just come into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. How do we get into his presence? We have to come with thanksgiving, praise, and worship. With thanksgiving, Praise and worship. We get so bothered by life. All we do is complain. I found myself maybe a few months ago. All I just had to stop one day. I said, all I'm doing, I'm complaining about everything. Everything. I was just complaining about this, complaining about that. Ha <laughs> ha and I failed to realize that in every situation that I was faced with, there was something I could thank God for. If nothing else but allowing the trial to draw me into his presence because, see, I'm like a little baby. I'm running. I'm coming to my God. I'm <laughs> say, Lord, ooh, Jesus, I'm dealing with this. Oh, boy. But God don't want us to just come to him with our hand out asking for stuff. <laughs> Somebody reached out to me the other day and 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 you know I'm I'm real transparent and I love everybody. I really do and I didn't take offense to it, but it's a it's a sensitive area in my heart when it comes to my family because a lot of times I feel that They see me as a resource, right? They see me as a resource, not as a part of the family. And so that's why sometimes I just have to kind of back away and and distance myself because otherwise I would let them, I'm I'm telling you, just because of my heart towards my family, I'll let them just, just do me whatever, however. So I back up. But it, it bothers me that they're not interested in a real relationship, like a relationship to where we get to know each other and I I know you, I can encourage you and, and get to know you and, you know, have a real relationship. They're not interested in that. It's can you do? And so somebody reached out to me the other day, and as God was putting this message on my heart to share I was I was coming home that evening and I read the text and I said, Oh, oh, wow. Okay, well, how you doing? <laughs> is how I responded. Like, wow, you know. But God said, How did that feel? Now you know how I feel. When you come to me, you ain't spoke to me in weeks, months, upwards to a year. And here you come. Can you get this for me? Can you do this for me? God said, well, wait a minute. What about the relationship? See, I'll do anything and everything for you. Let me be clear. If it's within my means and my capability to do, I will do anything and everything. And let me be clear, especially for my children, my husband, anything and everything that that I am capable of. Of doing, I will do. But what about the relationship? So how do we come into God's presence? There is a requirement of what we need to do. We must come with thanksgiving. We must come with praise. And we must come with worship. And let me be clear about this. When we come with thanksgiving, we are acknowledging God's goodness. We are thanking him specifically for the things that he has done. And see, as God has really been dealing with me about planning this church ministry and having us as a house of prayer, he's been dealing with me once again about Writing out my prayers, and I'm I'm so grateful. I think I said this before, but I'm so grateful for the season that I was able to sit up under Pastor Valda. I'm I'm so grateful for that because it taught me so much. But we have to be specific about what we're thanking God for. I thank you, I thank you, God, that although I'm going through trials and, 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 and growing pains with my children as they cross over into adulthood. I thank you that they have life and breath in their body. I thank you that none of them are in jail. I thank you that they are in the land of the living. I thank you that they know who you are. See, <laughs> I was focused too much on the, the issues and the situation. I wasn't able to thank God and acknowledge Him for His goodness. Praise, we praise, and when we praise, we are acknowledging God's greatness, His greatness, and how great and and all that that we are of God to open up heaven <laughs> and come down that the, that even the mountains are tremble at His presence. Come on now. His greatness, we praise Him. And when we praise Him, we acknowledge His greatness. When we worship, we acknowledge God's holiness. And see, praise and worship have become such a um, ritualistic activity in the church and we don't even understand how to get into his presence and truly praise him. It ain't a thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. It ain't a hallelujah. Hallelujah is not the highest praise. Somebody done lied. The highest praise is walking in obedience to the will of God. That's how you praise him. <laughs> That's how you praise him. You praise him by walking in his will, by demonstrating, by way of your life, Christ in you. That's how you praise him. God, I thank you. God, I thank you. I praise you. And I worship you in spirit and in truth. How do we worship him in spirit and in truth? It ain't about putting on for folk. Come in and, and you speak it in tongues because you want some folk to know that you know how. Mm-mm. We say more to God in our silence than we do with any word that we utter. As we commune with God, and I'm I, and let me let me say this in balance. I'm not discounting anything I'm not saying that we ought not pray in in tongues because you know I do and we should and there's power there I'm not saying that we ought not praise God through dance or through song or or through whatever means I'm just saying understand what true worship is understand what thanksgiving is In Hebrew 12 and 28, it says, let us have grace. Let us have grace. And to have grace is to say thank you. To say thank you. The word of God translated in that scripture is from the word, I want to say, Gazi. (laughs) Thank you. Thankfulness. Let us be thankful. Let us be thankful. The NIV says, let us be thankful. It is impossible for us to have grace without being thankful. We want the grace of God. Let the grace of God abound in my life. How? If you ain't thankful for nothing. <laughs> I said the other day, I said some folks, Wondering why God ain't moving in their church. And they done got rid of testimony service. Can't nobody thank God. But on pastoral uh, anniversary. We can come in and thank you. Come on. No that's backwards. And folks sit behind. Well we don't have testimony service. Because folks get all out of control. They want to do this and that. Well you teach them how to honor the man or woman of God. You teach them how to be five or two minutes. Or however many minutes. You want to give them. But don't take that away from God. God is too good. He's too good to have any standing church. Mm. My God. To have any standing church. That is there for him. But cannot thank him. On a regular and continuous basis. Basis. God commands us to be thankful. We can do nothing, nothing without giving thanks for it. Absolutely nothing. I'm telling y'all, these are some nuggets. It produces a natural overflow of His Holy Spirit. It is impossible for you to just think on the goodness of God. Mm. And all of the things that He has done for you, I don't care how bleak your life look. And I don't care how great your experience in this world has been. I guarantee you if you look back over your life and you just consider the things that God has done, in your life and begin to thank him the Holy Spirit is going to show up it is going to show up but here's the thing if we fail to give God thanks the Holy Spirit will quench the Holy Spirit will quench and for those of y'all who think y'all can live life without the Holy Spirit keep trying How, how, how well is that working for you now (laughs) thankfulness is is the key requirement that is necessary for us in any form of effective prayer you gotta first come thankful you gotta first thank god thank god for what you already got thank him for what he already done and not just a cast statement not just, I, I want to give an honor to God. I want to thank God for my life, health, and strength. And, and see, I'm guilty of it, too. I, I say my prayers like that, too. But when you're, when you're looking at God, God, I thank you. I thank you for my husband's love that I once never felt. I thank you. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for a job that shows me respect. Oh, God, I thank you. I thank you for the love of my family members that I was once thought we would never speak again. Thank God for what he's already done. The prayers that you've already prayed, the things that he has already answered. God, I thank you for not taking my loved one's life last night as they are out there in a, in a season of indecision in their life and they're not making sound decisions. I thank you. I thank you. It is important and it is necessary for our prayers to be effective. I'm telling y'all, I'm I'm so simple-minded and I thank God that I am and I think that that's why he wants me to begin to to pastor and to feed his sheep and to shepherd his sheep because he you knows I'm I'm just simple. It's just it's it's simple. It ain't nothing profound or out of this world that God wants us to get. He just saying, look, thank me. It's, it's the very first approach of coming to God. Thank him. <laughs> thank him. And if you can't think of a reason to thank him, let me give you three. And these three will always and forever be with you. See, David knew it. That God is good. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. See, if you can't thank him for nothing else, you can thank him because he is good. You can thank him because his mercies are everlasting. And you can thank him because his truth endures all generations. Thankfulness, hear me now. Thankfulness is the key to release of supernatural power. You want to see God move? You want to see God move in your life? You want to see God move in your children's lives, in your parents' lives? You want to see God move on your job, and your in your business? You want to see God move? In your day-to-day living, give him thanks. Give him thanks. Don't be like this world. Don't be like this world and not glorifying God, not being thankful. As a matter of fact, they get to be unthankful and unholy, murmuring, murmuring, and complaining. And and check this out: murmuring is a sin. It's a sin. It's a sin. Stop always complaining about stuff. Be thankful. When you get tempted to want to complain, just start thanking God. Oh, this ache in my body, Lord, but I thank you that I'm in the land of the living and I can yet feel. Oh, God, I can't pay this bill, Lord, but I know you're going to make a way out of nowhere. It may not come the way that I expect it to be. But God, I know you're going to do it. Sometimes God wants us to to stretch our faith. Other times God wants us to to check our our lives and our lifestyles. I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you, it has been seasons in my life where I was walking upright. And I'm telling you, I was doing everything I thought to do to live right and the challenges and the trials, and none of them went away. (laughs) But God was stretching my faith because I said, God, I know if you don't do it, it cannot be done. And I know that it is not your will that I suffer in this manner. We were talking about coming into his presence and how do we do that? And I talked about Thanksgiving Now let's talk about praise. We ought to praise God in proportion to his goodness. We ought to praise him in proportion to his greatness. For he is a great God and he is worthy of all of the praise. And while we're praising him in song, while we're praising him in dance, we ought to praise him in our lifestyle. Praise is a gateway into the presence of God. Have you ever imagined or thought about how sometimes it's just hard to get into God's presence? We're thankful for the things that he has done, but it's it's just hard to get into his presence. And then when we look at our life, we like, oh, yeah, we done backslid. We're, we're, we're in sin. That's going to cut you off. Because the highest praise, the highest praise is not hallelujah but it is walking in obedience to God's will. <laughs> our praise to God offers him a throne. It's the very purpose for which God blesses us and he brings victory to us. He created our tongues to pray. And to bring glory to him. Praise is a beautiful garment of our spirit. It is a sacrifice. It is a sacrifice. You ever made a sacrifice in your life that you enjoy doing? All sacrifices are not bad. But they cost you something. It's a silent weapon that God has given us to bind up the enemy. When we praise God, we bind up that demon. It prepares the way for God's supernatural intervention in our lives. We ought to praise God every day, every day, all times of the day, continuously. We ought to praise him in our lifestyle. We ought to praise him out of our mouths. We ought to praise him out of our actions and our behavior. We ought to praise God with our whole heart, with full understanding of who he is, with our hands lifted up, joy in our mouth and our lips, giving him praise. All throughout the day, praising him with our actions and our lifestyles, our dance, our song. Praising him. Mm. He said, let everything that have breath praise the Lord. So long as you have breath. You are authorized. You are deputized. And you are permitted. You have a right to praise God. He said, everything that has breath. So if you ain't praising God, you're dead. (laughs) You ain't got no breath. And some of us feel like the breath of life is being sucked out of us because we don't know how to praise Him. We don't know how to praise God. And finally... To get into God's presence. We talked about thanksgiving and praise. And what about worship? Worship is an attitude. It's an attitude. You know, we think that worship is falling out on the ground or, or swirling and all of that stuff. I'm saying sometimes it manifests itself in different ways. But it's an attitude. And it's an utterance of praise. It's a, it's a communing and relationship with God. Covering our face and our feet is worship. Allowing the spirit of God to reign is worship. Bowing down to our knees, just acknowledging his presence and not acknowledging the awe of who he is is worship. So God is calling us to, in our prayer and our time with him, to thanksgiving and praise and worship. And trust me, listen to what I say. Change these things in your life and things will change in your life. God said, change these things in your life, and things will change in your life. You've been asking God for the answer. You've been asking him for results. God sent me by way to you today to share with you a message, to encourage you and let you know that you sit under an open heaven to receive divine prosperity from a God who is generous and loving towards his people. God not only desires for you to win, he desires for you to have prosperity. Not only does he desire these things, he is making it happen. But we constrain him when we walk in our own float to the beat of our own drum and do our own thing. You, you, you can't do that. You just cannot do it. God is not going to change his mind about who he is to accommodate us. Get into your word with purpose. Get into your word with purpose. And allow your purpose to be communing with God. Going deeper in relationship with him. Just listen to his voice. He's there. He wants you to hear from him. But you got to take the time. You got to take the time. And stop grieving the Holy Spirit. Stop doing things that you know God is not pleased with. Just stop it. Just stop it. Because he only sees what's in your best interest. And anything that doesn't please him is not pleasing him because it's not good for you. And any parent can understand that. <laughs> Some of the stuff we had to stop our kids from doing if it wasn't for the fact. That it was a detriment to their well being, we wouldn't even care. I mean, for real, for real. We wouldn't care. But we don't want to see you experience what you don't know. You don't know the consequences that are coming as a result of your actions. So we try to protect you and get in front of that. God does the same, but He does it better. So don't continue to live a lifestyle that does things to grieve the Holy Spirit. But I want to encourage you today that if you are struggling in your life in an area of sin whereby you need deliverance, reach out. Reach out. We will pray with you and seek deliverance with you and ensure that God will move in a mighty way in your life. If God is really convicting you and you feel led to to pray the prayer of confession, reach out. Because this ministry is about salvation. It's about drawing others to Christ. (laughs) I'm so grateful to God for the vineyard. I thank him so much for all of the souls that he will send through our family, through our ministry. I am so grateful to God. For the things that he is doing. Now I've done my part. I've given the message. I've given the word as best I can. God wants us to know. From now on. That we live under an open heaven. And we can depend on him. To be there. For us and to shift and change and turn things around in our lives and in our family. I'm telling you, get ready. Get ready to start seeing miracles, signs, and wonders. My baby called me one day uh, last week, I think, or the week before, after God said that um, He wanted me to plant this ministry. And she said, Ma, I had a dream. Glory, glory. She said, I saw such and such, and I'm not going to call the name out. And they were were ministering. They were preaching in the church. See, that's the kind of miracles we are going to see God perform on our behalf. And if it was anybody else, that God called to this position. I would rally behind them and prop them up so that they could do what God has called them to do. But for whatever reason, he called me. (laughs) And I'm going to do what he has called me to do, but that blessed my soul. And I'm telling you, I received that word and I have great expectations. That God is going to do it. And not only that person, is going to be others that are going to turn their lives around and that are going to live for Christ and going to do what he has designed them to do. And they'll have a platform to do it. <laughs> Look at God. All right, y'all. I'm going to get off of here because I got to get ready to go. It is uh, what I understand um, uh, sweetest thing. And I didn't even realize that, but we're going out and and doing a few things tonight with our favorite, favorite people. Uh, So I got to get up and get ready. I had my baby over the weekend, so I'm still a little tired. I'm a little tired, but I hope you all receive something from that word. And let's pray together. I am praying daily as we continue through through this 21-day fast. I am praying at 7 a.m. I mean, I'm sorry, 6 a.m. and 7 p.m. every day. I am coming and on behalf of the family, on behalf of our loved ones, on behalf of this ministry, and seeking God. So I pray that you all will join and conjoin your faith with mine, so that we can watch and see God do mighty, mighty works in our lives. Amen. All right, I love you all, and have a blessed and mighty day in the Lord. Bye-bye.